Welcome to the Everlasting Education Podcast, the best of education through a gentle contempt of education. Greetings, folks. Scott Postman and Joffrey here. We're your host, and we're going to be talking about speaking today. Speaking, yes. <laughs> and speaking of speaking, I love that you said we're your host. I know that just it was just a slip of the tongue, but it's like we're one, dude. We're, we are one. Yeah, <laughs> we prob- are your host. Probably my S didn't, didn't <laughs> yeah, make yeah. it all the way out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so today we're talking about speaking. We're not talking about talking. Rather, we are talking about speaking. And so this one goes out particularly to the teenagers, but to every Christian human. Uh, and the idea is that we want to consider how being the one to speak can fundamentally change you, can cause you to grow. I like that you made that distinction between talking and speaking, because when I announced, I almost said, we're going to talk about talking. And mm. in my mind, I realized, no, we're not talking about talking. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about speaking. Uh, and there is a difference. How, yeah. would you, how would you say the difference looks? Well, I mean, I, I suppose at the, at the basest of levels, talking is simply moving your mouth and tongue and (laughs) pushing air out uh and and, you know sound waves move you're talking and uh and that can be a a waste yes um but speaking is not a waste speaking does not return void speaking does good and evil so what i'm hearing you say is when we're talking about speaking we're talking about saying something intelligent saying something worthwhile um in a in a particular occasion I, I have a line in my syllabus uh, for our students in mm. class that um, this is a requirement, all right? and this sounds really <laughs> strange, but this is part of the requirement, is that you need to learn to say something intelligent and add to the conversation, not just repeat what was said from the other students right. or not sit back passively, but learn to say something intelligent like that. They're graded on that. Yes. Well, and you know that, that is actually a temptation for students to realize, you know what? I haven't spoken in a while. I'd better say something. Right. And that's a terrible motivation, right? Um, you hopefully have been engaged and are now able to contribute. And it's not like teachers are looking for you to have, you know, an original thought that no one else has ever thought <laughs> right. before, but rather uh, to contribute, right? To, to make the conversation grow, to make your peers grow or try to right and and if you are doing that see that that right there raises the point of 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 this entire episode uh because if you're if you're one to talk all you're doing is trying to survive the class and survive your life Mm. but if you are one to speak then you're taking a certain moment to make things better so that implies that we're constantly engaged thoughtfully in the conversation that's going on. And so what if, what would you say to a student who maybe, and, and this, we're directing this episode primarily, as you said in the beginning, towards students, but um, I, I know this is a personal hangup for me. Sometimes I will hear something somebody said and, and I'll have a thought that I want to respond to, but the conversation moves on past it. Right. And I've been dwelling on that thought. So what would you say to somebody <laughs> like me who has that tendency? I always have to kind of 
work against? What What would you say to a student who's there? Well, what's your concern that you're getting lost or that? Well, the concern of the conversation has moved on and I've only been thoughtful about one point that I oh, wanted yes. to make. And then maybe that's gone on beyond that point and that's no longer relevant. Well, then I would say to you that even the fool appears wise if, <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't open his mouth. Zip it. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, I mean, but, but it does raise the issue of, you know, so uh, to, to use a, a, a word that is very much au courant these days mindfulness mindfulness i like <laughs> right <that. laughs> so so you 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 want to train yourself to be mindful uh you know the the point of this episode and we're going to give examples of this uh, is really to encourage the boys and girls uh to want to be the sort of person who will seize moments yes right and will seize moments uh, to speak and to think about how that might impact their lives. And it's very easy for all of us, even, even as adults, um, to, you know, to sit, to be wallflowers and to, to absent ourselves and, 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 and try to just simply be spectators. Other, others of us are tempted to, uh, run all the conversations over and always be the one who's talking. Right. Um, and, and neither mindset is particularly Mm-hmm. mindful right and so to 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 want to be a but a student wants to improve himself wants to improve herself so how is how that student going to do that and one of the principal ways that you can do that in all aspects of your life is to consider how you might use your words and so we want you to resolve to be the sort of person who uses words more and, and I love that you said for, for all of your education, for the whole purpose, the whole person, because learning to speak well isn't just about learning to speak well. It's an education in right. and of itself for the whole person. And I think it was Augustine who said that Christians um, need to be more like Cicero was in their ability to be able to speak with wisdom and eloquence, Yes, both the right thing to say and to be able to say it. Right. And we're not, you know, so, I mean, obviously, uh, from what, what you, you've said, uh, what we're talking about touches on the art and science of speaking. It touches on rhetoric. But what we're not, what we're, we're, not, we're not doing here, we are not asking you to sign up for a rhetoric <laughs> class, right? Um, and we're not asking you to master rhetoric before you open your mouth. Um, what we are urging you to do is to take up the word take up the verb mm-hmm. right and and to begin to practice it so you know so then you're you're looking for occasions you're looking to be the person in uh your sports huddle at practice who says something you're looking to be the person who when one of your friends has a dumb or wicked idea to be the one mm-hmm. to say something you're looking to be the one who says i love you to your parents or marks a sibling's birthday with a small speech, even if it's if all these things are clumsy at the first. Yeah, what you're describing is an exercise, right? An, an right. exercise in mindfulness, an exercise in, in being thoughtful and, and making that connection between what we should be thinking and thinking about it and speaking, which is an art of rhetoric. But as you mentioned, being clumsy at first, it's like dancing where you're counting the moves, you know, yes. uh, in the beginning and it's not so enjoyable. But the person who does engage becomes a different kind of person, not just in their ability to speak, but in the way that they understand the conversation, the event, the world around them. 
they actually, by becoming engaged, are growing and becoming a, a better person. Right. And, you know, and here the, our conversation touches on last week's conversation uh, in which we, uh, we once again talked about how grades are not the end all and be all. Mm-hmm. Many are the rhetoric students who got A's and won't speak. And we're not talking about Toastmasters. We're not talking about getting up in front of a, of a crowd, but you know, uh, there are, you know, there are many students who were not changed by their rhetoric class, except that they know more theory now. Right. Right. And so the attitude, whether you take a rhetoric class or not, the attitude of saying, you know what, this is, this is something I want to be better at is going to make me a better human. I am going to begin to speak at first it may just be talking (laughs) (laughs) but soon it will be speech and it may be in the very beginning in education and humility right because (laughs) i said something clumsy or i said something i didn't mean to say and and so it's going to be practiced but so maybe the education in that moment is humility and and being being humble there so you know i think sports uh you know are are a good example of that you know if, if you begin to assume some verbal uh, leadership, uh, you may find uh, that uh, some of your teammates ignore you. You may find that you say the wrong thing. You may find that you say the right thing, uh, giving some instructions, mm-hmm. and everyone does it, and the play still goes badly, right? right? And then you have to bear the responsibility of the things right. that you said. Yeah. And that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Well, this isn't the direction. I just want to make one side comment before we get into some of the examples of opportunities. Um, but I remember reading years ago when I was very young, uh, someone who said the person who speaks up at a table to introduce or to say the kind word or to say is actually the one who's gracious, giving a gift to the other people there that's at the so table. That's so good. Yeah. And, and I realized at that moment, it's not, it's, it's not a virtue to stay quiet. Because right. that's my tendency as an introvert, just to be quiet. But you're actually giving a gift when you learn to speak well. So that's besides the idea that we're talking about getting an education. It's it's also a gift to others. Well, we can get super, super practical and even start the examples with an, an example from that mm-hmm. idea. Um, you know, you, you feel awkward mm-hmm. when you walk into a new social situation. And I don't mean you, you, Mr. Scott Postman. I mean one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One feels awkward. <laughs> So let's let's imagine that you show up in a social situation uh, with your younger sister in tow. In 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 tow, are you going to be a wallflower who makes things just as awkward for her as for you, <laughs> yeah. or are you going to screw up your courage and say, "Hey, Bobby, I'd like you to meet Rita. Rita, come meet the guys." Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to take a little bit of, you screw up the courage. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You're going going to need to step up and begin speaking. But you want to be that sort of person because one day you will have a spouse. One day you will have children. One day your parents will visit and you want to be giving them these gifts, these graces. And it is, it is. Uh, a gift because it is a sort of sacrifice for some people. Some people it becomes, it's, it's a little more natural, but for some people it is a, a kind of sacrifice. Yes. So it's a gift by giving the introduction, uh, by, you know, re- taking the responsibility to remove the awkwardness, um, you know, giving the gift of somebody's name, all of those things are, are good things. And, so, you know, and I just want to add here because, you know, it, it has been noted um, by some that I, I have a facility with words mm-hmm. and that's true. But, um, <laughs> just speaking personally and in, in my own experience and, and my own e- emotional journey, 
uh, a lot of that is practiced. I, um, I, I don't always want to be around people and I don't always want to be talking, but certainly if, you know, if I'm there with, you know, I, I have a responsibility to other humans, mm-hmm. my humans, and then the humans around me to be in the world with my words. So speaking isn't just a gift, it's a responsibility. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so this is the thing where it's, we're talking to young men and women who are growing and growing up. Please consider this a part of your growing up. I love it. So, so besides the introduction, what are some other occasions where it would be appropriate and be a good idea for a student to exercise this speaking Um Give us a, a one we can think about. Well, I think holidays are, mm-hmm. are a great example. I think your family will be very grateful, whether they have the practice of speaking uh, about the holiday or not, right? You know, maybe Christmas for you is simply, for your family, simply like just thundering up to the tree and, and tearing things apart. <laughs> maybe it's a little more r- ritualized than that. But finding an occasion, not in a party-pooping kind of way, right? but finding an occasion uh, to remark, to observe, to enrich, not to make a speech, just to express your, your gratitude, you know, like dad, thanks so much for this present every year. You all bless us so much. I, you know, I know my siblings and I are all grateful. Boom. Done. Man, I mean, your mom will cry if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. Well, so sorry to interrupt. Uh, if that sounded awkward, it's because it will feel awkward the first time you do it. It it will. And and if you speak up and you're in a family that that's not uh, right. practice, that may even seem a little bit more more awkward. But it, everyone will feel that it is a gift. And, of course, you're exercising that muscle. You and know. the more you do it, the less awkward it, it'll, it yeah, will seem. Right. Not just to you, but to everyone else. That's right. Oh, this is the thing that my sister does to make us happy on Christmas around Thanksgiving and it's cool. It happens every year. Yeah. So Christmas would be a great time. Thanksgiving, obviously, you know, some families traditions, we always take a moment to, for everyone to share something they're thankful for. So, I mean, those could be occasions where you could take the leadership. Um, My daughter, I remember at my father's 70th birthday, wrote a short speech Mm. and wanted to honor him, you know, through a short speech and, and, and stepped up to do something like that. And, and it was very well received and, and it was, um, an occasion that was a blessing to everybody. Uh, but I know that it took a lot of courage and a right. lot of, you know, thoughtfulness to say the right things, you know, at such an occasion. Uh, so family events or holidays are always a good opportunity to do that. What, if, what about if, if a person, you know, being, we're talking to young people primarily here, um, is there anything they should be aware of thinking about what would be appropriate for them in the age or where they're at in the family? Like, you know, this should be dad, let dad do that, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and there are, you know, there are all sorts of different contexts that you, that you operate in. So, you know, it, it's definitely healthy when you're thinking of speech to also think of authority, mm-hmm. right? Am I, uh, usurping someone if I step into this, um, and, you know, usually not, but occasionally, yes. Even if it's not something that's regularly done, it may be that, in fact, your father has to do this or no one should or the teacher should do this or no one should uh, or the team captain should do this or no one should. Um, 
so then you know you can look for slightly more informal ways to do, to deliver similar blessings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being willing to engage with people and talk with people instead of being passive is going to change the atmosphere around you, right? And so you just have to be looking for opportunities. What you don't want to be looking for is opportunities to have the spotlight, right? right? That's ah, that's going a, yeah. to that's going to lead you astray. That's that's a little like the difference between. Um, being hospitable and, you know, trying to be the person that's, you know, showing up, you know, when you have people showing off, when you have people, you know, come into your house, right? you know, when you speak up, are we being a blessing or are we trying to? Well, and, you know, being hospitable is a great example, right? Because, you know, when you're hospitable, one of the things that you're doing is verbally putting people at ease with each other and building their relationship so that they can speak uh, to each other. And so, you know, if, if you're, if you're able to do that, uh, in, in other situations, that's, that's great. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe in, in a sports situation, you talk to one of your teammates and say, you know, I, I think that, you know, you're really gifted at this and you should say something about it now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or even publicly to, you know, you're, you're, at a meal or you're hanging out, uh, you know, and, and some new, and some new people come in and they're starting to, to interact. You can say, you know, Susie knows all about that. Mm. This one time she said this and that, isn't that right, Susie? Right. And, but, and that's hospitality. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're setting everyone at ease. You are setting up Susie for an opportunity to have a conversation. And you're with not thinking else. about the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not all, it's not all about you. So far we've mentioned family occasions. You've mentioned sports. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add in the sports <laughs> yeah. situation. No, I mean, yes, as, as sports are, you are, I'm one of those, those guys. If I were a, a preacher, I would, uh, I would have too many, uh, too many sports illustrations. (laughs) So those come to mind uh, a a little too quickly, but you know, one of the situations that, that that comes up and we've, we've already uh, alluded to it is, um, is when you're with your friends and, Mm -hmm. and you not only have to speak, but you have to speak up or speak out. Right. So the idea that, you know, someone's had a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) and you need to be the one, not necessarily to wrench leadership away, although that may happen, uh, but instead to be, to be the voice of reason. And it is that much harder to resist that peer pressure, to resist that problem. It's one thing you you may be able to opt out, but what if you could save everyone from that problem? Yeah. Right. Uh, And so the more you practice, the more you'll, you'll be able, the easier will be for you in that moment. If people are used to hearing from you, right. And if you're used to, to, to speaking, to saying important things, then when that moment comes, you will be better able to handle yourself. Well, and I also find that when there is someone who speaks wisely in the crowd of, you know, maybe others who don't always speak wisely or have a bad idea, <laughs> that that peer pressure is actually, you're actually given the gift of, uh, of a, of a, I guess a defense against the peer pressure that yes. would come if you didn't say anything. Right. Right. There's, there's an old, um, teaching video for companies called the Aberdeen paradox where, uh, in, in the, in the situation, I'll give it a, a real short rundown, but in the situation, it's hundred degrees in the middle of summer in Texas. And they're all sitting on the porch with no air conditioning and trying to figure out what do they do. Right. And they're trying to drink iced tea, playing checkers or something. And it's just miserable. And somebody says, 
why don't we take a trip to Aberdeen, you know, which is like 50 miles away or something. And everybody in their mind goes, oh, no, I don't want to get in the car in 100 degrees with no air conditioner and be all sweaty and sticky and stuff there. And But everyone's, okay, all right. You know, and yeah. then they're in a situation where, you know, then it all impacts where we go along with something that's a bad idea because no one was willing to speak up. And then, you know, the original person says, I was just trying to think of something to say. Yeah, <laughs> it was right. a really dumb idea, yes. but nobody said anything. So yeah, being the person who speaks up and be the voice of reason takes practice, but you will also be giving that gift of removing the peer pressure to do dumb things. Yeah. And it not only has an effect in, you know, in these moments of, of, of crisis, uh, but also, you know, realize that your various social groups and your various groups of friends have the flavor, have the tone that they have, not by accident, mm-hmm. but because of the people in it who speak, right? And so you can be one to shape that group in a sanctified way to help that group be the sort of group that has good ideas. Right? Yeah. Well, and, and what great practice as a young person to shaping groups as, you know, we become adults and grow up, we're going to be in situations, whether it's our community, our church, our business, our place of work, where our voice is going to be necessary to guide things in a right direction. And this is all part of that growth, that education that you're talking about. Right. I think another great place to, uh, to, to practice this is to be willing to pray out loud. I love that. Um, and you know, if, you know, as, as a teen, you may not, depending on your family culture, you know, in, 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 in my house, um, if, if I'm there, I, as dad, uh, am always the one to pray mm-hmm. at meal times, for example, that can, that's often the first thing that people think of when they think of praying, but there can be other opportunities in your family, in your church, in any, in academic situations. Uh, so if you have an opportunity to pray publicly, right, not stentoriously or ostentatiously, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just, uh, to, to be the one who, who is willing to, to speak to God on behalf of the group. That's a mighty thing. And as simple as your prayer is, uh, it will, you will have thought carefully about it. And that's, that's, that's a, a, a blessing and a gift. Well, and if you think that, you know, you'd be worried, what if I say the wrong thing or what if I'm, you know, I mess up yeah. and that's a, you know, it seems to be a very important time. I don't think there's anything wrong with writing out some prayers, even if you're not going to read it or or anything like that, but writing those out ahead of time. So you are thinking through what would be a good way to talk to God on behalf of, you know, the group that you're with, you know, and speaking up, that's always a good exercise. So I'd really like to encourage uh, those of you who are listening to look for an opportunity Mm -hmm. uh, to, 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 to formally uh, commit to speaking out speaking up uh sometime soon right so you know the structure of your own lives but you know can you ask your parents if you could say something or say a prayer at a sibling's birthday is is your youth group or a a teen bible study what's the structure of that Mm -hmm. um you know if 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 the pastor asks uh will, will someone close us in prayer be the one to say I will. And if you miss your opportunity this Tuesday, then do it the following (laughs) Tuesday. Right. Um, just, so just, it's, I would just ask, you know, commit to one thing like that, even if you find it very difficult, especially if you find the thought of it 
difficult because if you become the sort of person who is willing to speak, you're, you're going to find that you're able to bless people around you more deeply for the rest of your life. This is part of growing up. Absolutely. Well, I I thought of something just as we were talking about this, it might be kind of fun. It's Mm. it's a little bit different way uh, to apply this and, and, and make, make the, um, uh, the, take the opportunity to speak up. But I would love to hear, um, from our audience, if there's some young people listening that in the next couple of weeks, an opportunity comes up for you to speak and write us and Uh tell us, about that. Here's an opportunity that I normally wouldn't have spoke up, but you know, listening to this, I want to, I want to grow in this area and I know it's going to change my life. Here's what I did. Here's what happened. And, and we're not going to take that as you being braggadocious or, or anything like that. We would love to hear your story. That would be delightful. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. So you can email us at Scott or Joffrey, uh, at Kepler.education, uh, you know, Scott at Kepler or, uh, Joffrey at Kepler. And yeah, tell us about an occasion. That would be super cool to hear. We'd love to hear from you all. Yeah. So as we wrap up one last thought, we kind of talked about, it gets a little bit heavier and maybe some of this leads to it, Mm. but there are other family events that are not always as delightful as say Christmas, right? Yeah. And the passing away of a loved one. And I think a lot of times these are really good opportunities for, uh, in many funerals, people are given the opportunity to say something and, you know, and, and sometimes it feels awkward because there's always the person who does want the spotlight and you don't want to feel like you're, you're doing that. But Ecclesiastes seven, two says that in those times, it's good for us to be in the house of mourning because we lay it near to our heart, knowing that we too, one day are going to pass that way. And so there's something, uh, not just cathartic, but spiritual and spiritual growth in those moments. It seems to me that that would be another good time for a young person when it's appropriate in in the authority structure that, you know, allows for it to speak up even at a heavier or a moment of more gravitas. Well, and you can consider what a blessing uh, that might be for friends and family, depending on on, on the reason you're there. But also going with with what uh, uh, with with what you're saying, uh, this is this is a great example, you know, going back even into the easier (laughs) <laughs> examples yeah. we gave, right? Like you're with your peers or you're at home. Uh, you know, this is you know, the, the example of a funeral and speaking at a funeral, where, however it's appropriate, really just sort of, it, it makes it clear how this will change you mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the, the process of mourning is, you know, it's, you know, it, we've both dealt with, with deaths and, you know, it, it it's it's something that is you know of course difficult for all of us, mm-hmm. um, and you know it impacts us differently, and it uh, depending on who it is, and even the times of life that we're in. Uh, but to participate in right. that, right? Not to just simply be be passive. You know, this this loved one's death happened to me, or this this loved one died, and I was able to participate in it somehow in a blessed way, in a way that blessed people. That will absolutely change how you process it. Yeah. So just in some, as you've talked about these, or we've talked through them, I hear that learning to speak well can be a gift. It's a responsibility. There are moments of levity and moments of gravity. There are uh, 
always opportunities to grow, uh, to bless others. And really, all of this seems like it's a very human thing to do to become a better human being. We need to learn how to speak better. Yes. And so I think my final word would be um, don't let any thoughts you may have of personality Mm -hmm. be an excuse for you. Mm, That's good. Uh, and so, you know, as we particularly in, in the last couple of generations have enjoyed locking in on the idea of introvert and extrovert. Uh, and and any time people, uh, humans, are being described in a dualistic way, yeah. there's probably something wrong with it. Um, so, you know, just simply take up that mantle, right? It may be harder for you in some situations and easier in others. Um, it's going to look different for you than it will look for your gregarious cousin. But you, you can do this, and this is a part of being human. It's a good word that you just spoke. <laughs> <laughs> Boom and amen. Amen. God bless you all. <laughs> so long, everyone.